The trigger warnings for this podcast include alcohol consumption, mental health, explicit language, parental abuse, and eating disorders. I had asked her, I was like, hey, like, why are you treating me like this? And she told me, I'm just so tired of everyone liking you more than me. Welcome to If Only We Had a Phone Charger. This is our first episode, and talking right now is Andy, and I'm here with my friend Nicole. Hello. I don't think you heard me, but I said that this is bringing back trauma from when I was Zooming when I was in school. Yikes. Wait, did you, were you Zooming a lot? What? Were you Zooming a lot back then? Yeah, every single day, like for like five hours. So like, I haven't touched Zoom since like, what, I think a month now. Damn. So now I'm... I feel like I have trauma looking at this. This is your first time back. What's bringing back? What's bringing back trauma is I remember the one Zoom class. This is one of the last classes that I had on Zoom. It was the one where I had my camera on and I didn't know that I had my camera on. And not only did I outfit change, I like the Zoom class didn't see me outfit change, but like I changed my outfit, came back and was on Snapchat. And guaranteed I can I guarantee you every single one of my classrooms saw me and our professor was like three weeks behind in grading but he went in and gave me a zero for that day <laughs> like I feel like the anxiety surfacing of seeing this oh boy on my computer okay all right before we get into anything else what happened last night what's what's the latest in your situation because you were supposed to have a conversation, basically cutting it off, right? With this person that you've been seeing? Yes, um, I was supposed to have a conversation to cut off communication with this person I was seeing. Um, And so what happened is I called her And also keep in mind, like, I was ready to do this. I was ready to end our relationship. I drove to Target. I literally drove to Target. I was like, I'm going to sit. I drove to Target. I got in my car. We scheduled to talk at 7 p.m. I got in my car, drove all the way to Target, sat in the parking lot. Um, Also keep in mind, it was pretty busy in the parking lot, so... Who knows what I look like to the people getting in and out of their car. But I drove to Target to have this conversation because I was ready. I was like, I need to have a nice parking lot to have this conversation. So I drove to Target at 7 p.m. at night. And I called her. And I was like, hey, can we talk? And she was like, yeah, like super down to talk. And I was like, I... Because she had sent me that message about my communication being super poor. So I was like, we need to address the message you sent me. And she was like, yeah, like, we do need to address that. And I was like, you know, I'm really sorry. My communication has been super bad. Um, I totally let things escalate before I had an honest conversation with you. And I'm really sorry about that. And everything you're feeling is super valid. And it was, everything she felt was super valid because my communication with her was absolutely terrible. Um, But also that was my way of establishing the fact that I didn't want anything serious. Um, 
So everything so checked out. What, t- what happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got into conversation, and I didn't expect her to ask me more. I didn't expect her to ask me any questions. Like, remember, like, we had a conversation before about, like, what the conversation would go like, and you were pretending to be her. Yeah. So, you know, I had only prepped for that. (laughs) I didn't prep for there to be more questions. And she kept asking, like, so why don't you want a relationship? Like, is it me? What did I do? Is it you? We did prepare for this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It just felt a lot different when it was coming from the actual person. But so then she asked me, like, was it me? Like, why don't you want a relationship? And I was like, you know, I just am going through a lot mentally. I don't have the room to be in like a serious relationship. And she goes, well, hold on. What do you mean by a serious relationship? What I meant is that I didn't want to be in a relationship with this specific person. When she asked what I meant when I said, I don't want a serious relationship because it's a lot of work, she said, what do you mean by that? Oh. I was like, oh no, I literally cannot say what I actually mean by that. So I was like, I don't have the capacity to give everything that a relationship requires. I don't have the capacity to do that. And yeah, and she was like, so is there anything that I can do to help that? Do you need time? Do you need space? And here's where, so here's why things went a little bit down south, because then she started being really nice. And I was like, oh, shit, what if I'm making a mistake? She was really quiet at one point, And I was like, well, how do you feel about this? And she goes, well, honestly, I'm really hurt. But like, I understand whatever is best for you. And I was like, what? A healthy person? Healthy at communicating? So this sounds pretty similar to the conversation I had with a girl cutting cutting her off like a week ago. Yeah, so the difference here is that both of you guys were really healthy at communicating. <laughs> and he, the difference is that I am not healthy at communicating, but she was. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So like if you were to be having the conversation with this girl, then it would sound exactly like the conversation you had last week with your girl. If that makes sense. So, like, we prepped for sure. But the way that I articulated it. (laughs) Yeah, so the way that I articulated things sounded a lot less intelligent than when I articulated them with you. Interesting. So. So how did it end? So you didn't say what you were, what you needed to say for her to understand where you're actually coming from (laughs) so i totally i totally in a way okay oh wow so there's a few more things to unpack here um i guess one of the key things to unpack is she asked me am i do i want to talk to anyone else am i talking to anyone else oh yeah um it's not that i am talking to anyone else Because I'm not, but so I guess like the answer that I gave her might've been, and listen, listen, I'm not saying that I would not date her. And I told you this the other day, Um, but I guess where I may, I told her no, cause I did, I said the truth cause I'm not talking to anyone else right now. 
But I think in her head, she took that as, oh, so you want to be exclusive. Um, so basically, well, yeah. I didn't get what I needed. not actively pursuing anyone else. So you're like, I'm kind of fine where I'm at in her mind. Yeah, so that's right. That's what I was saying. But in her mind, she was like, oh, so we're exclusive. Wait. Wait, so... <laughs> Back up a second. So you are, so she thinks you're exclusive with her now after this conversation. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) That's exactly what I am saying. It's literally, quite honestly, the exact opposite of what was supposed to happen. But listen, here's my thing, is that I think that, and guys, like, this is what I don't know. I don't know if I've never had, I've never been in a relationship with someone who has such good communication and is super understanding. So I don't know if that's why I'm suddenly more attracted to her or if like this is a toxic attraction. Okay. Does that that make sense? I really don't know. Like I fully do not know. When we were practicing this conversation um, a couple days ago, you were like, well, it would be different. Like I could actually, the only per- people I could have a relationship with right now are people that have really healthy communication. <laughs> right? Totally. And we were under the assumption that she wasn't like super mentally healthy and like had mediocre communication. Well, she proved me damn wrong when we had this conversation last night. Yikes. Well, shit. That's why I'm confused. So now I'm like move forward. A step forward in this relationship instead of a step backwards. It totally moved things a step forward. And then we got into like super deep. She was like, well, like she made a comment. She was like, um, I've noticed you've had like a really hard time opening up to me. Is that because you don't feel comfortable with me? And she's like, you don't have to open up with me, but she's like, is that because you don't feel comfortable with me? Do you just not like talking about it in general? And I was like, oh my God, why is this person being so understanding and so calm and caring? You know what I mean? And that's what you need, right? Yeah, but I also hate it at the same time. The idea of intimacy, because I mean, I haven't been in a serious relationship for what, like two years now? Maybe not two years, more than that. I would say maybe three years, maybe four years. I guess going on four years. Okay, maybe not a serious relationship because when my ex came and visited me in college, we were not super serious. I I don't know. I feel like the off and on thing still counts. Okay, you're right. I mean, I guess he did fly from Vietnam to come see me. So (laughs) I guess that counts as being pretty serious. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just throw that one out there. (laughs) So yeah, I guess the fact that he did fly from a different country to come see me. Across the world. So yeah, I guess, okay, fine. Across the world to come see me. So I guess we were serious. Um, I mean, terrible, terrible, terrible trip when he came and saw me. Um, He ended up getting a hotel and sleeping somewhere else. It's been about three years since I've been in a relationship with someone who wanted to date me. It's been about three years. Oh, well, okay, maybe that's a lie. It's been about three years since I've been in a relationship where we're both seeing each other and there's some level of wanting to hang out with them. 
I think, okay. Okay, I think, I think we could establish the context better than that. So this is the first female relationship that you've had where it's like more like a relationship, like you guys are exclusive and you guys have hung out for a decent amount of time. And in the context of total relationships, it's been a little bit over a year since you've been like really like close to another person like that. True. Okay. That was some good, that was the context that I could not articulate for myself. Correct. Yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it on the coffin. Um, yes. So maybe I forget the point I was making. So are you, so are you dating? You're dating now. We're not dating because I told her that I'm not ready to be in a relationship, but this is what got me is I was like, I told her like all of the things I was like, look, since I moved to Nashville, things have really erupted for me. Um, I kind of had like in crazy change of housing where like, I don't talk to my mom anymore. And I'm also at the same time, never got full help from mental health, from a mental health um, perspective. I never got all the help that I need with that, especially with a super radical change of not really having either of my parents in my life. So I told her that. And she was like, she, oh my God, her response was so shocking. She was like, well, see, now I feel like I know a lot about you. So if there's certain days you don't want to hang and we're planning to hang out, just text me, hey, I'm having a bad day and I'll understand. And I was like. See, without having that context, I think she, she had to have really, really liked you up to this point already, you know? Because she was like straight up in the dark about almost everything. <laughs> and like I went across the board. She had literally no knowledge about you or your past. Totally. Or... She had absolutely none because I didn't tell her any of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now you're exclusive. What the, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Dude, I don't fucking know. And then what? <laughs> what was shocking is that after our conversation last night, I thought the same thing as you, like, wow, I kept her in the dark for so long, like, totally no wonder she sent me a text being angry about my communication two days ago. But I, anyways, I went back and looked and I was like, I wonder how long we have actually been talking. And I looked and we've been talking since July. It's been like five months. It's been five months of me just keeping her in the dark and having terrible communication. I don't think I'd have enough patience for you. <laughs> I wouldn't have enough patience for me. I barely have enough patience for myself. That's crazy. Dang. Wait, so now where do you go? I don't so, know. I'm like... hang out soon? I guess when I'm out again, she was like... Her response was, I'm super glad that I understand. Um, apparently, I mean... I didn't mean saying that I'm not talking to anyone else to come across as, yes, we are exclusive. But I think that's how it came across. <laughs> so I, until further notice, we are exclusive. Um, and then I, I did make a comment. I said, if that were to change for either one of us, that would obviously be communicated. <laughs> is, that, is that what you consider hypocritical? <laughs> I think it might be. Um, well, okay, why do you think it's hypocritical? Because you had awful communication for five months continuously. And then you're like, if anything were to change, I'm going to magically have really good communication with you. <laughs> okay, but okay, this, this type of situation is like a deal breaker for me in communication because I am not 
a cheater, nor would I want to blindside someone. So if I were to meet someone else that I liked and like, I don't know, because I guess. Well, doesn't being exclusive mean that you're not looking for anyone else? Yeah, so that's where I think maybe we need to have another conversation. <laughs> so you didn't. Because she didn't ask if we were exclusive. She didn't. She didn't ask if we were exclusive. She said, are you talking to anyone else? And I said, no, I'm not. And she said, oh, okay, neither am I. And I said, yeah, okay, if that were to change, then I'd want us to tell each other. And so, that was that. So you didn't clarify the part where you were like, I'm not, look, I'm not actively looking for people right now, but it doesn't mean I don't want to. <laughs> okay, so that's something that I should have said. Well, live and learn. Okay, but like, so that's... Okay, so you're leading this girl on. Is that the conclusion of this conversation? <laughs> no, it's fully not. Because the thing is, is that I told her, I told her that I'm a mess right now. I told her that I still want to keep seeing her casually. That's what I said. I said, I want to still casually. see you casually, but I want you to know that I don't have the energy to put in a lot of effort into this. And I want you to understand that. And I told her that I'm not looking to be in a relationship right now. And she was like, okay, I'm not, I'm also not saying that I want to be in a relationship right now. And I was like, I'd love to still hang out, but I'm just, I told her that I have a lot going on in my life that I need to focus on. So like, I'm, I'd love to still hang out, but like, basically like I told her in a way that she knows that we're not going to be like texting every day because I don't have the mental capacity to do that and put that into someone right now, which is 110% true. I do not have the mental energy to like fully devote all of my time to someone because so, I feel like I want to put that energy on myself. So basically after this conversation, nothing changed in your relationship with her besides that you realized she had good conversation. Con she had, she, <laughs> you realize that, um, she has really good conversational skills and she's really good at <laughs> communication. Okay, that's one thing that came out of this conversation. The second thing is that I fully told her where I'm at. Not fully. Full <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I did. No no, 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 not even close to fully. The intention of that conversation was to come off as friends and like de-escalate this, this situation. See, then upon talking to her again, I was like, I don't know if I just want to be friend. You know? I guess now I know that. <laughs> yeah, so, like, that's something that, like, I didn't really know. Like, I knew it, but I didn't know it. I think, okay, okay, the reason that I'm okay with that now is because I told her my situation, and she understands my situation and respects my situation. Now, if she didn't and she wanted more out of me than what I told her I'm able to give right now, then I would just want to be friends. But because of the fact that she's super understanding of what I'm going through right now, she is okay with the fact that I'm not going to be super emotionally available. But, like, her complaint was that you're not, like, importing the same amount that she is. And you so, said basically that I'm not going to change. Off. So basically she's going to back off and we're just going to, like, hang out when we hang out is what I got from the conversation. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I guess my, my, my worry is that, like, w at one point, does someone know? If they're still conflicted, at what point of talking to them, do you know it's either meant to be or it's not meant to be? Or, like, is it 
kind of just the idea that you just kind of date until you know. Because I don't know yet. See, in my opinion, from my experiences, I feel like <clears throat> you know pretty early on. Like, the first or second time you hang out, you can tell, I feel like. Like, you can you can kind of figure out, like, the vibes are really good, that, like, you're compatible, like, on a physical and emotional level. And, like, with that information, you have, like, there's, like, a certain feeling that comes with it that, that like, you're not questioning if you have it or not because you can feel that you do. Yeah, I guess my... I think I realized that it's not even... Because before I said, I think it's the physical attraction that we're lacking. But part of me almost wonders if it's not even the physical attraction at all. I wonder if it's the fact that, you know, when you go to see someone that you really like, you have butterflies to a certain extent. Like you're like, yeah. you have like that feeling in your stomach, like that spark. Yeah. Like, I do not feel that with her. Like I get super excited to hang out with her and all of that, but I don't have like, I don't know, as cliche as this sounds, butterflies in my stomach. But I feel like with someone you really like, like, you should have that if you're compatible. You know what I mean? Yes. But, I mean, bringing the mental health back into the perspective. Like, do you do you feel like you have the capacity to feel butterflies right now? Yeah, I guess that's another issue is that I, <laughs> part of me, I don't think that I do because I haven't felt them in a long time. Um. And I think with the last person that I was talking to that was mean to me, um, I wonder if it wasn't even the butterflies. I didn't really have them with her. I think it was more so that she was just mean to me. And I think I liked being in a toxic relationship. <laughs> even with me dating previously, um, even if I really liked them, I didn't have butterflies with them because I don't have the capacity to feel butterflies because I feel like I feel nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel, see, I, I just felt like I should bring that back into the conversation because I feel like you've said that before. Like, totally. the range of emotions in general that a normal person would feel, like, you don't feel that complete range. And so, like, with this situation about, like, this, about relationships, if you can't feel that full range, then, like, I feel like you can't hold that as a, as a tool to, like, measure how much you like a person. Totally. So that's why, that's why with this circumstance, I wanted to tell her, I mean, I mean, granted it didn't go how I originally intended it to go, but it then went a new direction where I was like, okay, it's going a different direction. So let me just tell her like all of the actual crises that I've had over the past, you know, five years, I guess, and explain to her that's why my mental health is not great right now. So I guess, like, she knows. She knows where I'm at. So I feel like it's good that she knows. So then I also have time to figure out how I actually feel about her while I also, you know, comb through mental health issues. Here's the thing. So if I think about it, like, I can totally see myself dating her. But I guess another part of me worries, like, and maybe this is just a sign that I'm not ready to date in general. Like maybe she could be the right person at the wrong time. But I feel like I'm so new into the whole like arena of dating girls that I'm like, I feel like I want to experience more before I settle down with one person. 
That's fair. That makes sense. Cause like, you know, for 21 years, I only dated men and now I'm, you know, dating women and I'm like, okay, I feel like I want to experience more before I settle down with one person. If that makes sense. Like, I feel like I haven't got to like, yeah, a single queer person long enough to want to settle down. I feel like that, like that same like situation happens a lot with um, relationships in high school. Like you get to senior year and you've dated for however many years or whatever. And you're going to like different colleges or even you're going to the same college, but you're like, I haven't like experienced anything besides like dating this person since I was like 15. Totally. And that's when like most of the senior class will break up like before summer. Yeah. And I think like even with circumstances like that, I think maybe even if they are, you know, a perfect match meant to be together, some people like they just value wanting to experience different things instead of only limiting themselves to one thing their entire life. And it's not saying anything about that other, the person that they're with. Um, it's I just think, a long time. Right. It's just a long time. And you don't know yourself outside. You don't know yourself as a single person. You know yourself as a person in a relationship. Um, like the other day I was watching this creator I like on TikTok. I can't remember her name, but she made a video and she was talking about how she hasn't been single since she was 14 years old. Since she was 14 years old, she's always been in a relationship. And she posed a question. She was like, I don't understand how single people like go without like cuddling. And I mean, that's a really like, you know, innocent example, but like those people are so used to being dependent on another person. Like something as simple as like, I don't know how you guys go like weeks without cuddling. How do you do that? Like, you know, like that's something that single people do do and they're spending more time with themselves and more time with yourself means that, you know, you're finding out parts of yourself that a person who spends every night cuddling with someone else might not. So to rein it back in, I wonder if that's also a reason that I'm not super sold on. Cause like I, like I said, if I think about it, like I could really see myself dating her and being in a healthy relationship that I have fun in. But a, another side of me is like, man, I really want to like, when like COVID is over, like I want to be able to go to like a bar that's very gay friendly and like experience that as a single person, you know? And I've never got to do that. And that's a really good transition for what we're planning on talking about today, which is friend breakups. And we all know that you and I have a lot of those on our track <laughs> record. <laughs> um, also some pretty interesting friend breakups and extremely dramatic and traumatic. Yeah, I think it's a good, a pretty good place to start about um, getting to know more about us too. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. I think that should we start with our high school friend breakups and then work our way up to now, or should we go from <laughs> go backwards? Yeah, sure. It's funny because we have <laughs> we have enough to categorize them. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, should we start with our college friends or our high school friends? <laughs> Let's... You know what? I say that we should start with the most recent because it's the most fresh in our mind. Okay. All right. I guess I'll start then. I think I I get the, the cake for most recent friend breakups. So um, I've pretty recently had a couple of friend breakups. 
And um, it kind of got started when I took a step back from our friendship um, with a couple of people in my life. Well, and I reanalyzed um, if I was growing as a person from it, if they were growing as a person from it, and um, if it was valuable spending my time and investing my energy um, in being friends with them. You're very good at drawing boundaries, but I think that you could start off by talking about um, your most recent friend breakup. We can call her Hannah. Okay. <laughs> or do you want to call her something else? All right, I'll 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 remember Hannah. We'll do Hannah. <laughs> I think Hannah's a good, a good name to call her. I think that we can start there. Okay. Yeah, so I guess going through um, the situation that happened, um, we were like friends for a while. Um, and over the summer, we were pretty much the only people that were um, in the college town together. She was like working and I was doing school. And so we hung out all the time, every single day. Um, and at the time, um, I was like inviting myself over for stuff and we'd like hang out and um, watch TV or like get dinner, or, like get dessert or something like that. And it's completely fine. And at the um, time you were single, right? Yes. Yeah. And there wasn't really anyone else in town that I was dating or like talking to at the time either. So pretty much like um, all my like pretty much she was the only person that that I was friends with that was in town as well that I could hang out with. It was like it was like the perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, totally. so I spent a lot of time with her. And um, I remember I told you at one point um, towards the end of summer that I was getting like this weird tension, like sexual tension that between us. Whereas like almost that she liked me, but she like didn't know if I liked her. And so yep. she was like giving off these weird vibes, but she like didn't communicate it or make a move or anything like that. So I was like, I was aware of it, but I didn't really do anything about it. Cause I was like, I don't want to deal with it until I have to. Totally. I remember, so, didn't you, weren't you watching a movie one time and she kind of like put her leg over yours or something like that yeah <laughs> yes okay here's another <laughs> thing to know that you'll that you'll get to know about both both of us but that we are not generally fans of physical touch no <laughs> so i like to keep my distance between people totally <laughs> so when that that magical bubble gets breached i'm like whoa what the hell is happening <laughs> i think so that i don't know if i remember i'm gonna interject real quick and agree with that I hate physical touch and I hate PDA I think you're the same way aren't you or do you not care about PDA yeah I think we're two for two there yeah so I'm just gonna I don't remember if I've mentioned this or not but remember the story of how my boyfriend wanted to hold my ex-boyfriend um at the time wanted to hold hands and at the mall and I said no so he left me there alone I dated my ex from what like on and off through high school until my second year of college. So this was just like, I didn't want to do PDA and he got mad at me and left me at the mall. So like, what happened? Did you, did you guys, did he come pick you up or like? No, he fully left me at the mall. He fully left me there. So I was just at the mall by myself. I remember we went into this athletic shop called Athleta and I was trying on leggings and he was like really mad at me. And he was just like, I'm leaving. 
And I asked him, what do you mean you're leaving? And he was like, well, you don't want to hold my hand like your boyfriend. So you must be afraid that someone is going to see or you're talking to another guy. And then he just left me there. Uh, <laughs> he walked out. He like didn't even like I wasn't he just left. That is the textbook definition of manipulation. <laughs> and I texted him. I was like, did you seriously leave? And he just didn't reply to me for like two days. Wow. that. <laughs> yeah, anyways, both of us hate PDA so much to the point where I got left at the mall. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah. so back to talking about you. You were watching, weren't you watching TV at Hannah's apartment? And she kind of. Yes. Yeah, and then she like, we were like talking back and forth on the phone. And then she reached, she like put her leg over me. So then she could like look, like reach forward and like show her my phone. And I was like, that's weird. And I was like, hey, Nicole, like, is this a thing? Like, do girls like, like strategically place their bodies um, so then they can like touch you even though they didn't have to? Like, she could have just like thrown her my phone, which she's done before. Yeah, no, exactly. I remember you asked me that and I was like, she was totally flirting with you. And I think you were in denial when we first talked about it. You were like, no, it wasn't flirting. Yeah, because I just didn't want to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, you absolutely insisted that you were just friends and that she didn't mean it. I remember you were pretty much in denial about it. I think you knew, but you were in denial that she was Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's another assumption is that um, guys can never friend zone girls. I mean, we can get into that in a, another podcast. But yeah, we can. We like kept hanging out and whatever. Then she got really busy once school started. And I was like, okay, let's, I'm going to take a step back and let's see if like she reaches out and says like, hey, do you want to hang out or something like initiate something? That's all I was like, like looking for. And like a week went by, like zero communication. She would like snap me and she'd just be like hanging out. And normally I would invite myself over and be like, hey, like, are you free? Like, let's hang out or something like along those lines. But I refrained and um, I realized that like she wasn't willing to put in the effort to like hang out, to ask to hang out or to um, like put in work to like do like, as soon as I trickled down, she didn't like compensate and trickle up, if that makes any sense. Conveniently at the time, when I was hanging out with her every day over the summer, it was like, because I didn't want to be alone. And I, I guess I can admit that now in hindsight, but um, I mean, I think I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I don't really need to hang out with her anymore. Like I don't need to um, be putting all this effort in myself for a situation that's like this when I know I can do so much better and I know I can have friends that like ask me to hang out. I think that's what I've learned recently in terms of analyzing friendships. Instead of getting mad at them, if you feel like you're putting in more effort, just take a step back and see if they're going to be silent or if they're going to reach out. And if they don't ever reach out, then they're just not a real friend and you just have to cut them off. Yeah. And I guess the, to close out the story, um, I basically was like, Hey, like, I think we should talk. Um, I feel like the, the people that I want to surround myself with, um, are the type of people that like show up and like have like great communication and like communicate what's wrong when it's wrong. And, um, like, I mean, I, I also mentioned this, I think I mentioned this like six or seven times already, but, but initiate, um, hanging out or like, just reaching out um 
and I feel like you're not doing that. And I want to be like, I want to surround myself with so surround myself with people like that because I want to be that person. Um, and she was basically like, "Hey, um, I think your expectations are pretty high. Like we're all still just kids. Like, we don't know. We don't have life figured out." I was Girl. like, uh, "Not, not quite what I was getting at, but." That's okay. In a roundabout way, that's the biggest admission of guilt, but also trying to pull the card that we're still kids and we're young adults. That is not an excuse for being a shitty friend. That's so crazy. That's absolutely, I mean, I think that could bring us into the fight that we had with each other about a similar um, topic. Yeah, um, I guess the biggest fight that we had as friends. I mean, it was it was pretty big. I would say it's probably the biggest fight I've had with anyone. Same. The longest fight I've had with anyone checks a lot of boxes. <laughs> it was a really dramatic fight. And I can say that it was mostly me being dramatic. Yeah. So I, I guess take the blame here. <laughs> similar along the lines of the friend breakup that I just talked about is basically like, hey, um, I feel like when we talk, it's just like you and I ask about how your day is going and you ran about me, but you rant to me and I give you advice or I just listen to you, but you never ask me about how my day was or how my life is going. It was a wake up call. I was like, oh my God, wait, I actually am doing that. But originally when you called me to talk about it, I was so <laughs> mad at you. I was like, that's a lie. Like I always ask you. And I think that you asked me on that phone call, you were like, okay, tell me something about myself. And I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember saying that. <laughs> I was I you I remember you asking me that explicitly. Um you were asking me what something like that's going on and I was like, "Oh." And I couldn't answer. I was like, and "What I, major am I in college?" You're like, uh <laughs> Okay, no, that's not that dramatic. I knew that. But What's funny, though, is that you you did, you made that point. And at first, I was really upset because I didn't want to think of, but it was a good growing opportunity for me. And I eventually came around and I apologized. And that's on growing a stronger friendship in general. You know, if someone brings something up to you and you actually are being a bad friend, you have a choice. And like, you were nice enough to give me a second chance as a friend. You know, you didn't have to do that. Um, yeah. And I think another thing going into this was I never for a second thought we would stop being friends after like I confronted you about this. Like yeah. there was some something in the back of my head that was like, like we're we're gonna be fine. Like as bad as it seems in the moment, like I think we're still gonna be friends at the end of it. It might take some time, but we'll be fine. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like after like a day of me just being I was like, okay, Nicole, you're being absolutely a shitty person and like I was like I don't want to lose you as a friend like you're one of the best friends that I've had so I I knew the same thing I just had to you know take a step back and tell myself to stop being a piece of shit um yeah like literally I I vividly remember this the one of the last conversations we had before we stopped fighting um and I was in the car <laughs> in my friend's car um because it was like the only time we could talk um and I like was so frustrated because I didn't, I, I was trying to communicate like um, the miscommunication, like that we had miscommunication totally. and I didn't know how else I could say it to you. Like I, I tried so many ways and I, and I like um, 
like talk to other friends and like tried to figure out another way to communicate like the frustration and I got to a point where it's like I I don't know what to tell you Nicole like I I'm literally like I'm so frustrated but like I I can't tell you how frustrated I am because I feel like we we just like don't communicate the same like like you're not under, like I'm not communicating something and you're not understanding it the way that I'm trying to like present it Totally. And, you know, I think in the time, I absolutely, I 100% knew you were right. But one of my biggest issues in life is that I hate confrontation. And I've come a long way since then. But back when we had that fight, like that was the peak of me never learning how to deal with confrontation. So my reaction was just to lash back out because that's what I was taught growing up is to just lash back out with that actually like thinking it through for a moment and stepping back from you know, just the immediate feelings that overtook my body. So I was just mad back instead of actually hearing you out. Yeah. I mean, luckily, like there, like metaphorically, like there, there was like a gap in the communication and it separated and it got, it got back together eventually. Yeah. And I think that was a, I mean, in general, I think we could be a good example of learning to mend a fight in a friendship. Um, chances are that if your friend is telling you something that they're upset about, they're not just making it up. There's a reason that they feel that way. And you can either recognize that or you can get mad and just never mend anything, you know, because yes. you can grow together or you can grow apart. There's really no in between. Another great example, a good transition is another one of my recent friend breakups that I had. Um, I literally just wanted to talk and explain because um, one of my other friends um, like had, we had this weird confrontation and he was like, I don't think I can be friends with someone like you and like throwing out all this, all this stuff at me. And I was like, okay. Was this the guy who was mad at you for Hannah? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this too... guy, what can we call him? Yeah, we'll call him Jeb. So Jeb got mad at you because of you and Hannah not being friends anymore. Um, he took Hannah's side because Jeb had a crush on Hannah, did he not? Yeah, it, it definitely looked that way. Like in hindsight, um, it didn't really make any sense as to like why this conversation got escalated to the point it did. Um, and I, I remember I gave it like a week of time because I was like, yeah, I understand. Like things got heated in the moment. Um, and hopefully we can come back to this and like have a conversation about it and everything will work out. Unfortunately, um, like it, it was kind of a similar situation with Nicole and I, where I was just trying to like explain the frustration and I was just never given the time of day. Like I, I think I, I told Nicole about this a lot because I was just so frustrated in the moment because like, I just wasn't given the opportunity to like communicate at all. Like I was just getting shut down. I I tried every tool that I possibly could have tried. Um, I mediated with a mutual friend and we went and got breakfast. We'll just circle back around or just kind of, you know, we'll bring that background on the table in a second. But wasn't there an issue where for Hannah's birthday, she wanted to get pumpkins and she like invited you, but then uninvited you and then went with Jeb? Yeah, and then he he basically asked me like, "Do you do you want me to get you a pumpkin?" And I was like, "I'm not gonna do anything until we have a conversation." First. Yeah, it was really weird. It was a, he asked it in a really passive aggressive way too, didn't he? Yeah, 
He was like, I didn't ask you if you wanted to have a conversation. I just asked you if you wanted a fucking pumpkin. And I was like, okay. Completely inappropriate. Okay. All right. I I was like, I, I'm not going to respond to this. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is clearly not rational. No, completely rational. So didn't you, instead of like interacting with him any further, like you were saying, you then asked a friend of Jeb's that you're also yeah. friends with. You asked yeah. Jeb's friend if you can go get like breakfast and we could just like talk it over and hopefully like the mutual friend would basically be like there to like mediate the conversation if it were to escalate i mean based on the conversations that we've had or the non-conversations we had i assume that it's gonna escalate um and i mean that (laughs) he definitely had his guard up at the time and i realized from the very beginning we weren't gonna have effective communication so i was like okay I think I proved that we're cool. Like, I'm I'm not trying to rip your head off. You proved that you're not trying to rip my head off. Let's, like, have an actual conversation because I still don't think we're cool. And he was like, no, like, I don't know why you keep saying that we're not cool because we are. Like, I don't know what your deal is. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm banging my head against a brick wall here. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know how else to ask, like, how else to ask, like, give you another chance to to have an opportunity to talk about this because... I know it'll get sorted out if we just talk. Um, but similarly to Nicole and that's that whole situation that we had, the fight that we had, um, like the avoidance of confrontation, I think just it came to a point where I was like, okay, there's literally nothing else I can do. I tried the best I could. I tried every way that I could. And totally. I'm just going to like let it go. Totally. And even when you invited Jeb and his friend to breakfast it was problematic because not only did they show up really late which is you know it happens I get it but on top of being late wasn't Jeb really being offsetting like he was not interacting with you a lot during breakfast he was kind of just being yeah like the the um the nonverbal communication specifically I think I I'm pretty observant especially like I I've definitely tried to invest time into learning how to understand nonverbal communication. So like um, always staring at the ground and like not making eye contact with when you're talking Um, the way that you face, like he was kind of facing forward instead of facing sideways, the way that I was talking to him, like we weren't talking directly like at each other. He was kind of talking off in the distance while I was talking towards him. Yeah. He had really bad um, body language. Yeah. Terrible yeah. the the three examples that I just talked about were basically like the three ranges of what it possibly could be like when you're approaching a friend breakup is the hey like I'm not going to take responsibility for it. the okay I think you got I think that you're you're onto something like I I can admit when I'm wrong like I'm sorry totally. I'll work on it and then the like, I'm not even going to talk about this. Like, I'm not going to give you the time of day to confront me. Those are probably the main types of responses that you're going to get with a friend when you have a confrontation with them like this. You're going to get one of those responses, you know? Yeah. Okay, and, let's get into your your friendships. Yeah, so I think that we can start with, you know, I kind of want to start with high school. I think that's where we're going to start. Okay. Um, We'll call this friend, we will call her Claire. And for this, I want to talk about losing a friend 
that your parents don't like. My mom's super like controlling, super manic, just bipolar. Yeah, bipolar. (laughs) She was not supportive of this friend. Um, So, anyways, so you know, I still hung out with her anyways, even though my mom like did not like her. There were times that I would come home and smell like weed, even though I didn't smoke. But I totally like I faced the wrath of that and totally just got hounded by my mom but um I'll kind of fast forward to the end of our relationship um I went over to Claire's house and um, I had told my mom that I would be back home that night Um, however when I went to her house we got really really drunk and this was honestly stupid on my part Um, if you're going to tell your parents that you're not spending the night at someone's house, do not get drunk and then never respond to them. They text you. It was kind of my fault. So what happened is that I went over to her house. We got really drunk and I blacked out and my mom was texting me like, what are you doing? Where are you? Why are you not home? It's 2am. I'm worried about you. I like, I don't like you hanging out with her. And, um, my mom came to get me at 3 a.m. and just showed up at the house at 3 a.m. screaming at me. And I was just blackout drunk, just completely wasted. And she like put me in the car and was screaming at Claire. And they had like a fight and my friend Claire was like, just calling my mom insane and calling her a bitch. And gosh (laughs) so that was the first friend that I lost just mostly because my mom didn't like her and that you know I feel like when your friends see a side of your family like that I don't think there's much there's not much you can do to rekindle that friendship you know imagine getting into a fight with um someone else's parents to that extent it wasn't necessarily your fault that you not becoming friends with Claire Yeah, nope, not at all. I think, you know, I just thought that was interesting, like losing friends because your parents do not like them. I think that's a a hard thing to go through because there's really not much you can do if your parents don't like someone and don't want you hanging out with someone. Like, you know, that, that sucks. I'm sure that is a part of a lot of people's lives is that they just can't be friends with someone because their parents do not support it. Yeah, I mean, and this is especially relevant when you're like not living on your own and you don't have the freedom that you would um, to like hang out whenever you want or do what you want when you're like more independent. Yeah, and I think like the only advice I have to give to people like that is do your best to just not cause fights in the household. And when you're older and able to live on your own, you can. If you know what I mean, you have the freedom to do what you want. If you want to cut your parents off later in life and not talk to them because they treat you poorly, you can do that. But when you're under their roof, you just have to do, you know, you're surviving. You have to do what you can do to just keep a roof over your head, you know? Yeah. And I think Nicole comes from a really interesting perspective. We could get into it, I guess, later um, as well. But um, not having like healthy parents or parents that, um, are your role models, I think also affects the the relationships around you. Not, totally. I mean, not just your relationship, it definitely affects your relationship, but it also res- affects your friends and like a layer out from that. It probably affects your friends and friends too, because they hear about like your crazy mom that like bitched out your friend. 
Oh, totally. My mom had the reputation of just being a scary mother in high school. Like, no one wanted to interact with her. None of my friends did because she had a bad reputation in my high school. Um, but yeah, no, truly, when you don't have healthy parents as a role model for you growing up, and if you don't have a safe space or a like, you know, I didn't have a place to go home and be myself. It was, I had to be who my mom wanted me to be, or like, there was the threat of me getting sent to, uh, what did she call it? Like children's juvie. She always threatened to drop me off at the doorsteps or like she would threaten for me to pack my bags to go live with my dad who she divorced when I was very young. Um, so like, it was just constantly threats, me fearing not having a place to live if I wasn't exactly what she wanted me to be. But yeah, no, but you know, we can talk about that later, but you know, it's just the idea that if you don't have a strong support system or role models growing up, that's going to not only affect your friends, but it's also going to affect, you know, romantic relationships, like, and everything in between. Um, but yeah, so that's my, that's my first friend. <laughs> it was one of the first ones I lost. Uh, I think the second one I can talk about is um, a mutual friend or ex-friend of Andy and I. <laughs> oh yeah. We both were friends with this person at one time. Uh, we, you know, for, again, the sake of protecting people's privacy, we will, what do we want to call her? Maybe we'll call her Julia. Okay, we'll call her Julia. Um, so Julia and I took a road trip to LA to go see a friend from our chem class. And Andy was friends with this girl that was in our chem class because they went to high school together. So that's how we met which is kind of funny, like, we literally, like, genuinely had no reason to, like, ever cross paths in life, but it was just, like, by chance that we met you through another girl, you know, that's yeah. it. like, we became friends, like, we did not go to the same college by any means, like, the least likely of people to meet each other, met each other, and we've been friends for four years, so. And we had one thing in common, <laughs> which is our mutual friend, but, like, between each other, we didn't have anything in common with that mutual friend and each other. So Andy met my friend Julia when I came up on this road trip to LA from San Diego. And um, Julia had a crush on Andy. Andy did not feel the same way. Um, he, You thought that you were friends with Julia, right? But like she thought you were flirting. Yeah, so there was a, a miscommunication where um, I was taking photos, like, um, because we went on a hike to go take photos, and we, like, went to the Malibu Pier to take photos. Um, and so when we were taking photos, one of those times, like, I was talking back and forth and, like, hey, like, what are you doing? What are you interested in? Oh, that's so cool, blah, blah, whatever. And um, I thought that we were just, like, having a good conversation. Um, but she was, like, plotting our wedding. <laughs> Yeah, she was in love with you. Um, I think she just got confused because she maybe have, has never met a guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you are just, like, an actually, like, very chill person. Um, I guess most guys that we met at our college at University of San Diego, they were all kind of douchebaggy. Like, if they were to talk to you like that, you would assume that they're flirting because they were just total tools. Um so I think it was just like a change of pace of that she's never met like another nice guy is what I'm assuming because also she expressed to me that most of the guys she was friends with were really mean to her 
so I think it was just like the idea of like oh wow like here's this guy he's really nice and I've never had someone treat me with so much respect but like to you you were just being like a good friend you know so Julia and I came back we left LA came back to San Diego and like I think at first you were closer friends with Julia weren't you yeah well because we were just better at texting (laughs) yeah so like Andy and Julia would like FaceTime all the time and like Julia and I would always hang out so like I talked to Andy through like her FaceTime with him like I think that's kind of how we became friends yeah is through that interaction like we were friends when I came to visit you but like the way we kept in contact was like when Julia and you would FaceTime I would be there talking to you as well Julia got impatient because you weren't reciprocating the feelings that she had for you um so it kind of caused a huge fight between you and her <laughs> I got dragged into it um and I think that's when we you and I became even closer friends is during that fight yeah because I was really confused because I was getting texts from Nicole and also from Julia and it was like like it felt like they were tag teaming me um and I was like really being put in a corner little did I know that Julia was like asking Nicole to use her phone and texting like without Nicole knowing. Yeah, I remember specifically Julia and I went to go get Pokeballs and um, she, that was like, I literally will have this memory ingrained into my brain for the rest of my life. We went to go get Pokey and she was like, hey, can I borrow your phone? And she was texting Andy, like, really angrily, like, saying, like, I forget what she was saying, but it was just along the lines. She was, I think she was pretending to be me and just basically saying that you're being shitty and need to treat her better or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, so that was kind of, I feel like, the end of the friendship between you and Julia. And I think that is also how Julia and I stopped being friends, is that when you and Julia stopped talking... You and I still were, you and I started talking pretty much after that. Yeah. Because I apologize. Like, this is a weird situation that happened. Right. And I think I apologized because I called you and I was like, hey, like, I did not text you those things. Like, I'm really sorry. I don't really know what to say. But we became friends after that. Um, but my whole friendship with Julia, like, to circle back around, we met freshman year and we stayed friends until, I think sophomore year first semester is when we stopped being friends um and you know what she was a wonderful friend but I think our friendship is a testament of hanging around people who put you down a lot um and that was you know a big basis of our friendship is that she would put me down a lot and make fun of me and you know I I think it's it's okay to make fun of your friends but to the extent of like making fun of the way they look making fun of the way they do anything to the point where it like actually becomes borderline bullying um that was pretty much our friendship but I still stayed friends with her like you know she was the closest friend that I had at the time so I didn't want to lose her as a friend um the one of the last times we hung out she left my apartment and I asked myself do I feel better having hung out with her or do I feel worse about myself? Um, And the answer was that I felt worse about myself because the basis of of our friendship was just, you know, her making fun of me and that was pretty much it. But so I just kind of stopped hanging out with her. Um, We were still acquaintances, um, but we had decided to go study abroad together in London 
and that was a shit show from hell the worst oh my gosh terrible we went to study abroad together in London um at that again at this point we didn't stop being friends I just you know wasn't as close with her because I didn't you know, make an effort to hang out with her as much. Ostracized. And, you know, I internalized that a lot and I was really struggling at the time. So, um, and one of just like the last most shocking events that happened was we went to a museum in London for one of our classes. And I went with Julia. However, my phone died when we were at the museum. But we were like kind of like in an awkward place because we went to the museum after she had told me that she was tired of everyone liking me more than her. But we still went to the museum together and I was like, hey, Julia, my phone died. Please don't leave me. Like, I have no way to contact anyone else. I, you know, we're only together, you and I. So like, please do not leave me. Um, and lo and behold, she ditched me at the museum and left. So I was stuck at this museum in London by myself, not knowing anyone else um yeah and that is pretty much how our friendship ended is the rest of our trip was just absolutely horrible um she bullied me um was pretty bad pretty rough um luckily I became friends with two other girls there um I met them when I was you know alone at the museum I just saw them and I was like hey I literally don't know anyone else here and I, my phone is dead and then we became friends for the rest of the trip so it was fine the fact that she was just so open about not liking you I think that's the part that that's kind of surprising too I, I feel like a lot of the times people are really passive-aggressive and so you won't get like the satisfaction of actually hearing them um the way that they think but she was pretty transparent in the way that she thought Totally. She was totally transparent in the way that she thought. And just to wrap things up on a good note, she apologized to me a few months down the line. I apologized back and we're on a completely chill note now. I mean, we're not friends, but we don't hate each other. We're super chill. We can talk about the last person. This is going to be a quick story. Um, so um, I left San Diego going into my junior year of college and moved to Nashville and I moved dramatic to change <laughs> just subtly put in that, that that's a pretty dramatic drastic change oh the the moving part <laughs> the moving across the country yeah the moving across <laughs> the country so I'm from Michigan went to college in San Diego for two years and then moved to Nashville so here I am now but so I moved to Nashville. My life pretty much erupted. Um, it's hard transition. Uh, and, you know, I had a, it was hard for me to make friends because I was going through a lot of like really difficult life changes, like really, really difficult. Um, and I eventually met this girl. We're going to cut that out. Uh, her name is Allison. Her name is Allison. I met this girl named Allison at a bar because I went to the bar with a different friend and we met up with Allison who I didn't know at the time and we just we hit it off we became friends um she you know became my in quotation best friend in Nashville and we were totally complete polar opposites she's like an influencer on Instagram I hate social media like we were just polar opposites she pretty much only wanted to be my friend because she um, 
looked up to my sister and was just like wow your sister's so talented at music like I want to be like I love your sister I want to meet your sister she would just constantly talk about my sister so anyways when the pandemic broke out she went to Florida with her family and was staying there and like we would just FaceTime each other and like catch up and the last time we had FaceTime I told her like hey you know I actually realized that I'm not completely straight um at the time I thought I was just gay now I think I'm pansexual um but I told her that and like her immediate response was wow I'm so happy for you like I'm so glad you figured yourself out and like two weeks later she unfollowed me on everything I never heard another word from her ever again so pretty much you know one could assume that you know I made some assumptions there like it ha it's ironic that that was the timing that we stopped being friends and like you know we are opposites but in all honesty I have never treated someone like minus like you and Lindsay like I've never met some like we got along really well and like I'm not gonna lie about that like we had a lot of fun hanging out together um and if she wanted to go to bar we'd go to bar and we'd have a lot of fun um and never heard from her again she unfollowed me on my Instagram and my Finsta <laughs> never heard from her ever again and you know that just brings me to think about like it's crazy that I could tell someone who I thought was a really close friend of mine and that's how they would react. And I'm not sure if it was like a thing of like, oh my God, like I am uncomfortable. I hope, and you know, I, first of all, I'm not, you know, I have a very specific type. She does not even fall into that type. I am not like, ugh, no, gross. But, you know, it just makes me think like, did she, like, in, a straight girl's mind who might be homophobic like was she just like oh my god she must have the biggest crush on me so I have to stop being her friend like was her heterosexuality threatened by me was I I think I might have been the first potentially gay girl that she ever met so how did you get closure I you know I still don't have closure to this day never heard from her ever again um which just like sucks, you know, it sucks that like someone can't tell their friend that like, hey, I'm not straight. And automatically that means that they don't think they can be friends with me anymore. Like that, that pretty much sucks, you know? So yeah, that, that, that's just a classic case of, you know, and you know, I just want to put this advice out there to people that if your friend ever comes out to you, love and respect them, you know, be a friend of them still. It doesn't change anything about your friendship. It doesn't threaten threaten your friendship you know like you were friends before and you're still gonna stay friends and your friend is gonna go out and you know date who they want now but that doesn't threaten your friendship in any way you know exactly so that's my advice to the people is that come on guys so we can we can do better <laughs> do so better. i guess just rolling through all three of these examples that you had in high school basically you lost a friend because it's kind of out of your control, but it is basically because of your mom. And um, yep. I guess the clash in between what the expectations were set for you versus um, what you were realistically or what you could do. Moving on to Julia, <laughs> um, like letting go of a really unhealthy person that's in your life that um yeah. 
like really affected your mental health? I guess we didn't really talk about that, but um, that was beneficial to you in the long term. I mean, it. I, oh, it's it's interesting because I feel like we we talked about it a lot, but I don't know. How, like we didn't really get deep into it. Yeah. So maybe. I mean, we can cut this part out right here, but maybe we have to refilm that part because I think I got a little lost in the thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I did a lot of word vomit, but I didn't hit the main point. Because, like, you, I guess, okay, I, I mean, quickly going through the bullet points, I guess you, you had an unhealthy relationship. Like, um, before... I was introduced into the situation. Yep. And you know what, to just, you know, hit the points right now, um, Julia and I, we met freshman year. We had a really unhealthy relationship. Um, at the time I was struggling with an eating disorder. She did not know about that, but she would make a lot of jokes about my body weight. And that was really, you know, mentally hurting me. And I had told her like, hey, like those jokes actually really hurt my feelings. Can we not make them? But it didn't change anything. Um, and to be fair, she didn't know I had an eating disorder, but like to me, like asking someone to not make those jokes and then still making it, like it really, you know, it impacted my mental health. So I kind of stopped hanging out with her. Um, we were still like on good terms, but I just kind of, you know, stopped making an effort to hang out with her and we kind of just slowly drifted apart, but we still had plans to study abroad together in London. And in London, I was still, you know, struggling with an eating disorder. And she bullied me in London, told me that she was tired of people liking me more than her. So she, you know, did her best to ostracize me from everyone. Um, she left me in a museum stranded in London, even though I asked her not to. I told her my phone died, please don't leave me. And she left me. Um, so yeah, like when I studied abroad, Julie and I stopped being friends. Um, and Months later, she apologized. I apologized. We rekindled things, but you know, I lost her as a friend because she was bad for my mental health, and we just separated our own ways. I guess. I mean, that's that's not the healthiest example, I guess. But that I feel like that's that's kind of how it goes, like with um, younger friendships, like in in high school and the beginning of college, where um you're like they're like problems they're they're pretty um clear set problems with your friendship but you're like eh, it's fine because we're in the same friend group and eh, it's fine because like um we hang out all the time and we do all this stuff together like i can look past this yeah and you know i think that goes to speak to like the rule of proximity is that like a lot of the friends that we make, like it's just because they're, you know, close to us in proximity. Yeah, yeah, I really like the role of proximity because it's, I, I mean, it it transit transfers over to everything, like any every single type of relationship, like professional or personal. Yeah, like you have to ask, like you, there might be a chance that like, you know, rule of proximity, if you're in the same place as another person, you probably met off of mutual interests. But sometimes, like, you just happen to be, you know, 
you happen to be, you know, forced into the same space as someone and you spend time with them. So you become friends and like, you might not be the right people for each other. Yeah. And I guess the the hardest part is recognizing it. And I think one of the, the biggest things that I learned or that I've um, been trying to, to enact is noticing the problems like faster and then getting out of the situation before it escalates to like, to drama and uh, like a big falling out and like a big scene and more stress and more anxiety and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. Is that when you notice that something's not right, you address it before you let it build up. And, you know, I think that goes to speak for like every friendship that you've either been able to rekindle and like fix things or it breaks apart is that the longer you leave something unaddressed, the more time there is for added irritation to build up. And I think the harder it will be at that point to, you know, save the friendship. Yeah. And then I guess the last thing I wanted to touch on really quick was the closure part of like um, a friendship breakup. Because like, I, I guess in most of my examples that I had, I was the one that was initiating closure. Like I was the one that was like, yep. this is a problem. Like, I, I don't think we should continue. But in most of your situations, it's um, you don't have closure and you don't have you didn't have the ability to like have a hard line and end it. Yeah, like the only person that I really, truly had closure with was Julia. And that's just because like I was leaving, moving out of San Diego and she just like sent me a message and she was like, would love to hang out with you before you leave or if you ever come back. And I was like, yeah. And then we just apologized to each other and now we're chill. Um, We were both young at the time that we fought and we grew past that. Um, We're not close anymore, but like we're chill. And that was closure, you know? Yeah. And I think like looking in hindsight at all my friendships, I guess it, I kind of look at friendships differently than you do because I've never had like a quote unquote lifelong friend. Like I've always grown out of all my friendships, um, regardless of how long I've had them or how close we once were. Yeah, damn. See that I think that 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 is totally a difference in our viewpoint of friendships. Is that like um I guess for me, I only like putting my energy into people that I can imagine them being a lifelong friend of mine. Yeah which might actually be problematic, you know, that might not actually help me grow. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily like really think, uh, I mean, I'm definitely jealous of the people that, that like can say that they've had a f- best friend since like they were five years old. And like, it, it just like happens to work out for them where they both grow together. But I just, I don't know. I've never had like, that experience, that firsthand experience before. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that's why, like, I guess maybe that could also be a benefit of mine is that I've been friends with Lindsay for 10 years now. So like, I maybe have had the experience of knowing how to like maintain a friendship, even if it's long distance. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I feel like, you know what, to be fair, you're, I mean, we've been friends for four years now. So like, I feel like by now you've had some experience on how to have a long-term friend, even being like long distance. Yeah, I think, I I mean, honestly, long distance, I, I mean, since the very first time where I thought about it, like I've never been a fan of like 
being friends with someone long distance or like having a relationship long distance. Like I've tried to avoid that at all costs. And maybe that's the reason why um, I'm not still friends with the people that I was really close with in the past. Because they lived Yeah, because away. I was just like, I don't know, there's, there's just something about um, being able to go like five, 10, 15 minutes away and like talk, physically talk to someone or like go on a drive together or like hug them when they're crying. You know, like I, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's just so hard for me to fathom like um, being there for someone but not in the physical way. Like I, I, it just doesn't feel effective to the same level. I mean, I can totally agree that it's not effective. Um, humans need contact. Um, that's how we thrive and stay healthy is when we have contact, physical contact with other people. Um, however, I'm gonna have to just, you know, go against that you can't fathom it. Cause like, dude, you've been friends, like all of our relationship has been long distance. That's and, true. Like, I mean, this is the only relationship I've ever had that's really like long distance like this though. And this is a first for me. But I think it's a testament that you can do it, whether you're dating someone or just staying friends with them. You know, you know, we had our fight, but we grew past that. Um and like I've I've grown to learn how to healthily communicate um, better. Not because I'm great at it, but I'm better. Yeah. Uh, everyone has room for work, but I think maybe it's a testament. Like you're not meant whether it's long distance or like close in proximity. Um, if you can't do long distance with someone, then I don't think you're meant to be together. Like whether it's as a friendship or a relationship, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I maybe that's another that could be a radical part is like I've I don't know I like in the context of relationship I I definitely overthink it in the terms of distance I'm like yeah I don't think so like that's not possible but like in the friendship context like I I never really thought about like oh well like you're in San Diego and I'm gonna be in Oregon like how's that gonna work like it just it it just like we we just yeah. made time or like like figured it out totally we totally have figured it out like how to like maintain a friend maintain a friendship long distance um we just like call each other seven times until <laughs> the other one answers um the secret <laughs> and it's funny because like every time one of us doesn't answer each other like every single time without a doubt like if you call me and I don't answer, or if I call you and you don't answer, like every time we like angrily text each other and we're like, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> There's nothing like, more you can't important right now. now. Literally every time, every single time, or like one of us will send each other a Snapchat and be like, what the fuck, why aren't you answering? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's how maybe we've maintained it is that like, maybe we're just like comfortable with each other as friends where we're just going to be like, bitch, you better answer. Yeah. Like that, that part of the communication is perfectly fine. Totally. Um, but yeah, but I think like, I don't know, like, I think maybe I have a radical opinion on it, but whether you're friends or if you're wanting to date someone now, if you want to date someone long distance, if you have no interest in, you know, sacrificing to live with one or the other, if one of you isn't willing to sacrifice moving to live together, then it won't work out. However, if one of you 
are willing to do that or if one of you is just away for a job short term or away at college short term and coming back then I think long distance is totally possible like if they're your soulmate and I think that we all have multiple soulmates in our lifetime um, whether they're friends or someone we're dating um, I think we all have soulmates and we can have multiple of them um, and if they're meant to be like a soulmate of yours then you know like you could date someone long distance and it would be fine because like they are meant to be in your life, mm-hmm. you know? No, but I'm just, I'm disagreeing with you saying that you don't think you can date someone long-term because I know you just got out of a relationship with someone who moved. Yeah. And I know like a big part of that problem was you not knowing if you could do long distance. And I think that, you know, and there's also not being, it also can be like not, it might not be the right time, but I'm just saying that if someone is meant to be in your life, then you can do long distance, yeah. you know, never shy away from a long distance relationship. That, I guess that's true. I guess, I guess what I'm realizing is like, um, because I had that hesitation, that it wasn't meant to be. I think that we kind of touched on everything, maybe like the last part, we've talked about this, you and I, um, just like how pop culture has shaped our view on having friends. Um, and like, you know, quantity over quality or quality over quantity, or is it both quality and quantity? Um, And I think it's like an important part to talk about is that we, you know, in, you know, movies and the way that things are portrayed, um, the way that popular kids are portrayed in movies and the way popular kids are in high school is that like, they have a lot of friends. Um, So that can grow to make people who are either not in the popular group in quotations in high school, you know, that might shape one to think that like you have to be a certain way or, you know, or you're a freak or you're different or you're weird. Um, And remember, we've talked about this a lot. Like, yeah, like both of us, like definitely, I think, focus on having quantity and friendships over quality. And sometimes that can be really hard when you see like all these people with big friend groups. But, you know, I like to say that maybe that's, you know, a problem of society teaching us that you have to have friendships that look a certain way or else, you know, you're a freak and you don't have friends. Um, Yeah, and I think like the the normal societal, like um, stereotypical friendship breakup is literally just like not talking, just ghosting and like dropping the friend. Whereas like, I, I don't know. I feel like we've kind of proven that um, there's like, we don't really handle it that way. Totally. I can totally agree with that. Um, so I think just like the way society portrays friendships is problematic. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because I have met people um, who have, you know, like 200, 300 followers on Instagram. They get like you know, maybe 50 likes on a post. Um, And they have amazing friends. They have the best friends. They're super happy. Um, They're fulfilled. They have an awesome support group. And I've seen people on the other end of the spectrum who have thousands of followers, get thousands of likes, get hundreds of comments. And in real life, they don't really have any friends. They maybe have one or two. So it's like, I think we live in this like fake world and you know there can be people on both sides of that spectrum and they vary in their quality of friendships but we're taught to believe that 
you know, social media depicts how cool, how popular, how well liked you are. And that's not true whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's good that we brought that up too. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's important because, you know, like I said, um, I can think of someone that I know. Um, it was an old coworker, super cool girl. Um, but you know, she's just, she's thriving. She has awesome support group, um, loving her life. You know, her, like I said, like she, I would say is on like the lower end on social media, but like she is thriving in life. Um, and like, I guess I can talk about my old friend. I think I called her Allison. Um, she's an influencer on Instagram, has thousands of followers, thousands of likes, but you know, out of the you know, maybe six months of me being friends with her, like, she was really lonely, super isolated, didn't have very many friends. Um, so it's important, I think it's important to think about that, is that social media does not define you in any way. Okay, so I jotted down a note, and it says, are we trained to feel bad about ourselves? Not sure what I meant by that, but I think we could go on a spiel. I think we could go on a spiel, I don't know. Let's see if we can, let's see if we can word vomit anything. Are we trying to feel bad about ourselves? Guys, I wrote in a Google Docs, I wrote a bunch of notes. And one of the questions I asked are, are we trying to feel bad about ourselves? I mean, I guess, I don't, I don't know what this has to do with friends, but like. I think another way we can interpret this question is um, we're not taught how to be confident. Yeah, T. Like, I think the hard part um, about growing up is figuring out all the stuff that you're not taught. And um, the assumption is like, oh, man, I'm so far behind everyone else. But in reality, everyone has to learn the same things, the learning how to effectively communicate, um, how to de-escalate situations, um, how to be confident like all of the all of those stuff that's like that's kind of what we're learning now and that's yeah, like totally. the stuff where um it's kind of polarizing because some people are really good in one area but really bad in the other tiers or some people are you know the the variety of of maturity levels is just so drastic from um our age for sure and then, you know that, that i think that's a good point that you bring up is that we're learning confidence we're learning all of these things and sometimes not having confidence means that we project our insecurities onto other people. Um, and I think, you know, I think most people probably go through that phase where like they're insecure and maybe, you know, unknowingly project their insecurities. Um, I don't know, I'm just word vomiting, but yeah, I think that we're, we're all people trying to figure it out and we're not taught these things. And don't let your insecurities you know, take over your life and ruin your friendships. Um, you know, yeah. I think that once you realize, and I think that's why talking about social media was so important, is that, you know, you see the best sides of someone's life on social media. And that might make you feel insecure. And who knows, maybe you react in a way that you withdraw and just say to yourself because you don't feel like you're adequate compared to other people. But I think that recognition that social media is a false reality. And the further you can take 
a step away from social media and, you know, recognize it for what it is. Social media is great, but it's good to take a step back and realize that your life is not defined by your social media. Yeah. And I think another thing that that I'm personally working on is I am like perfectionistic in, in the way that I think. Um, and it definitely comes out sometimes um, when, like, I guess, professionally speaking, I guess the most recent time I can think of was um, we were having a conversation about um, how to move forward. And I was basically talking about, hey, like, um, I don't know if we can get up to the expectations that were set for us. And someone else was like, I don't think anyone set those expectations for us. And they're basically like implying like you that's it's kind of in your head. Ah. Like, no one actually said it. You're just kind of like you're just kind of assuming that. Totally. Like you, you set the expectations for yourself, basically. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That most of the things that we think we need to fulfill are things that we've internalized ourselves and we've created these narratives in our heads. And sometimes like when you're repeating, you know these expectations in your head like it becomes reality for you and that becomes truth like the more you tell yourself the more you tell yourself something the more that you believe it and eventually it becomes a fact over feeling yeah and I think it's really hard it's really hard to to keep um growing from these this kind of like range of um figuring out all these difficult problems because um you really have to put a lot of mental energy into like continuing to like Um, critically think and it's like really exhausting it is exhausting and I think that is where the true resilience comes through is that yes it is exhausting but at the end of the day our life is so short and we deserve to put that work into ourselves. you know Um, Mm -hmm. it's draining it sucks so much energy out of you but at the end of the day realizing that you are worthy of this self-work and that Although it's hard right now, it's going to pay off in the future when you've done this work and you're going to have a happier life. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've definitely seen like bits and pieces of of um, all the energy that I put into like trying to grow and mature. I think it, I've definitely seen it pay off. Totally. I can, I can agree with that for myself as well. Um, I mean, there's still a lot of things that I have to work on, but yeah, I can agree is that all the work that I put into myself, it's put me where I'm at right now. And like, yeah, you eventually like the energy, like the more you work on yourself, the easier it is to put out your authentic energy and get that energy back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I feel like I had to, to learn that, like as much as the advice that I, that I seek out, um, there's still a couple of things like I, I really try to to listen to other people's um, advice and and like not have to repeat the same mistakes that they did. But there there's still a couple of things where I have to figure it out myself. Totally. And that's just the name of the game. Um, but yeah, that's another important aspect is opening your ears, listening to other people's experiences and learning from their experiences. You know, if someone else has already done something and they're giving you the advice on it, you know, you better soak that up so you don't make that same mistake. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's my main focus now, honestly, is like listening to other people's advice. Yeah, and I think 
you know it's interesting because like it's funny to see where we're at now and I know like two years ago when I was uh 20 I thought that I knew everything and I thought that I was the expert on this these types of things um you know fast forward two years to right now I realize I'm not the expert I have so much to learn and but I've also seen so much growth so you know it's interesting to see how like your mentality changes over you know just development and getting older yeah and I think that's another thing that I'm really like conscious of when when I talk on this podcast is like trying to incorporate more like I instead of you like I I'm not in a place to like give advice yeah necessarily I'm just I mean I'm at the place where where I can um have a conversation about it and and talk about like my personal experience and relate it to other situations but like I'm definitely not at the point where I can like advise people to do x y and z I feel like I I don't know I I see that all the time on social media and I'm like me at that age, me at 20 years old, like, yeah, I, I was really cocky and like, um, fast forwarding to now, I think the older you get, the more you realize that, um, there's just so much more information that you don't have. Yeah, no, literally like, it's interesting how we've gotten, you know, maybe less, we, we don't have as big as egos and like, when you kind of dismantle your ego, you open yourself up for so much growth. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of, I, I guess, adding more context to Nicole and I's relationship. That's basically what we do when, when we call each other. It's just <laughs> keep going on. Like, we could talk forever. Yeah, we could literally talk forever. I think, like, the main thing that always ends our conversations of when we call each other is that one of us is going to get food. Silence. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Silence, brother. <laughs> oh, have we started already? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so we're gonna start now. Um, the silence after I said hello. <laughs> I think you were in full shock. You were like, "Why did you just open your mouth?" Last night, so like, I only have like booze, like voice in my head. Anyways, Boom. best movie ever. I think that everyone should watch it if they've never watched it. <laughs> Here's a brand new movie that you guys have never seen before. So guys, last night I watched a movie that I'm sure none of you have ever heard of. Monster <laughs> It's like this really like low-key, low-budget movie. Yeah, if you're a film... By this like small brand called DreamWorks. Yeah, if you're a film student and you love films, I have a really good one. It's like a very good coming of age film. Like I cried. It pulled at my heartstrings. One of the most sentimental movies I've ever watched. <laughs> oh my gosh. As, That's where my head drives. As a film fanatic, crazy movie. Visuals, insane. At a bar. Um, oh shit. We gotta change our name. I drove Julia's gonna, you know, mute that part out.